or pushed it if you're a Russian. Just Good thing I didn't leave the meeting. Yeah, no, don't leave the meeting. <laughs> that would be all over. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. Well, we're closing in on the last 10 hours of the Ultimate Raw Vegan Bundle. It only happens once a year. It's all new content. Even if you got a bundle before, you don't have this one. And to save the best for last, we have one of the co, what do you call it, co-creators of the bundle, Chris Kendall, who's going to be making an authentic raw vegan Ethiopian lentil stew. Please welcome him to the show. How are you doing, Chris? Oh, bless you, AJ. Way, way too kind. Thank you so much. I'm I'm doing great. It's been an amazing bundle party, I tell you, and jam-packed with lots of lives and connection and happy people enjoying the bundle already. And my happy little snooter cat mowing around. So it's it's been awesome. How about you? Good. Well, raw, raw people are so nice. Well, you started off nice. <laughs> Your cat is, we, we all have our pets with us today on today's show. Yeah. I've got little Bailey here as my co-host. So I don't even know what, what the recipe is, whether it's raw or vegan. So maybe talk about what it is when it's not raw or vegan and how you first made it vegan and made it maybe then made it raw or maybe made it raw vegan all at the same time. Awesome. Yeah. You know, this all stemmed back from when I was living in Vancouver and I first went vegan uh, in 2003-ish. Yeah, 2003. And Ethiopian was the last cuisine that I actually had eaten uh, before I ventured into fully a fully raw food diet. And I loved it. I used to go, uh, I was living in Vancouver, I'd go to East Indian buffets, and that was my all-time favorite. But then I discovered the Ethiopian buffets and I just fell in love. I loved all those curry flavors and all the different textures and the injera and all that kind of stuff. And I even tried my hand at making injera. I used to do a bunch of different ferments and all those fun things. But then when I first went raw vegan in 2004, I really went simple, simple hygienic raw vegan. You know, it's really fruits and vegetables. I dropped all onions and spices and all that stuff for a good period of time. And I thought I kissed all those old flavors and dishes goodbye. But as time went on and I wrote a book and I started the raw advantage and started consulting, I saw a definite need, not only out there, but also within myself to explore some different old favorites. And while I'd like to say that this is a recipe that I've been developing for 12 years or 15 years, I actually, when I started making this stews book, it's called Cravings Busters, Sweet and Savory Stews. I just thought I want to make some of the most classic stews from around the world and slip a couple kind of curry-like stews in there because they're some of my favorite dishes in the world, right? So this just came from thinking about those old flavors and I had been introduced to one of my favorite spices in the world, if not my favorite, uh, Berber. And I thought I want to make a classic Ethiopian Berber-based stew. And that's when this became known. It was the lentil and watt. Watt is the, uh, the cooked cabbage. That's what they typically call them. And it is all 100% raw vegan though. And really delicious. And I'm sure it will knock people's socks off and they won't think it's raw or vegan. Nice. Well, that is incredible. You know, did you become raw before becoming vegan or at the same time? Well, my, my transition from like junk food, drinking, smoking, eating the grossest stuff possible to high raw vegan was about a four and a half year transition. 
And then I went high raw vegan where I was eating fruit for breakfast and fruit for lunch. And then a simple cooked dinner. I liked to, you know, bake sweet potatoes and broccolis and, you know, do all my own ferments and sourdoughs and stuff like that. But that was only for about a six year period where I was uh, strictly vegan and high raw. And then during that six month period, I was actually in school to become a holistic nutritionist. And in the middle of that schooling, I went to a vegan health festival where there was three different raw food teachers. I went to one and it was, it was good. I went to another and it blew my head open. It was Dr. Doug Graham. And I know he's been on your show before. And there was just something about him, AJ. He was glowing and the things he was saying just got my inner knowing bell kind of going off. Like, this makes sense. This is it. That's that last key that I needed to go all raw. Because before that, I couldn't quite figure it out. I'd read some books. I had tried. I could never stay raw. But literally the day after I met Doug, I went 100% raw and my entire life changed. You know, I, I think I told you this before, but I'd been studying nutrition for about five years and I was in school for it, but I had zero intention of ever doing anything work-wise for it. I never wanted to be in front of the camera. I didn't want to be on stage. But when I went raw, my heart center burst open and my mind just was like, click, this is what you're here for. And ever since then, I've been on this path of discovering more and more and learning more about the raw food lifestyle and holistic health. And now 13 years, I've been doing this full time. Well, thank you. What is a registered holistic nutritionist and where does one get educated for that title? So I went to this, the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition in Canada. It's one of the biggest natural health schools out there and they have uh, in-house and online classes. And I know it's been a little while since I checked in on them, but I know at one point they had at least a handful of schools across Canada and they have various course offerings. And the one I went for back in 2003, starting and graduating in 2004 was uh, the registered holistic nutritionist uh, certification. And so that was a one year full-time course that really goes into depth with physiology and anatomy and multiple different types of diets and all the different aspects of holistic health to create a, a union of body, mind, and spirit. And then they also really taught us how to do consultations and how to do nutritional assays and create meal plans and connect with people. So, so that's kind of what that's all about. Nice. Are you the one that invented that technique of freezing the vegetables raw and then making them give them more of like a cooked texture when defrosting? Was that your brainchild? Well, I won't say I'm the one who created freezing vegetables, but I'm definitely, as far as I understand it, the one that has popularized it in raw food and utilized it for a bunch of different dishes and textures. So um, I'll, I'll claim that status, uh, at least since you brought it up. How did you know, though, it was going to do that? Like, how did you figure that out? You know, what was the first one I did? Um, the first one that I did was actually broccoli and no cauliflower, because I always really liked making cauliflower curries. You know, the, the Indian curries were always my favorite, aloo gobi. And for multiple years, I would just either use raw cauliflower or I'd put it in a, in a bowl of really warm water, like as close to boiling as I could do without feeling like I was an incredibly bad kid and spanking myself or lashing myself later. And it was good. It softens it a little bit. But one time, I think I just had extra cauliflower and I just put it in the freezer and when I took it out, I was like, holy crap, this is seriously like an amazing cooked food texture. And I noticed it even feels like it digests a little bit better. And that, that kind of got that in there. And then I started experimenting with other vegetables and put out videos and, you know, started talking about it and mentioning it. And I had never seen it in the raw food scene and other people hadn't really heard about it either. So 
um, yeah, I just started doing it more and more. And this book here kind of takes it to the next level where I really explored a bunch of different ingredients and found the ones that really work the best in different ways to achieve the most cooked food like tastes and textures with a whole bunch of different ingredients. Nice. Well, when you think about it, you know, just frozen vegetables that you buy in the store, their texture is different than fresh. So they kind of been freezing vegetables for a long time. For sure. But the one difference is when you buy vegetables uh, frozen in the store, they do blanch them first to kill any bacteria oh. on the outside and also to retain the color. So when you freeze them yourself, you don't have to blanch them. If you want, you can, but you don't have to. And they still work really well. It's just they won't have quite as long as a shelf life and they would retain their color as long. But for the most part, when I'm doing this, I'm, I'm freezing them and using them within a couple of weeks or maybe a couple of months max. And then they're still perfectly fine. And it is nice because it's, it's the best method of preservation in terms of nutrient loss. So it, it, it really works really well when you have extra and if you can get an amazing deal. And then the bonus is that, hey, it, it tastes even more and feels even more like a cooked food dish. Yeah, clever. Well, tell us how, what we have to do to make this. Why is it called Watt Stew? Watt Stew. Yeah, it's kind of fun, right? Lentil Watt Stew. And unless I'm completely mistaken, from my understanding, um, there's a lot of different Watts in, uh, in Ethiopian cuisine. And it simply just means a cabbage-based curry. So they have different names for the different vegetables. And a Watt curry or stew is just cabbage-based. So that's really the big bulk of this recipe here. We have... Uh, about 0.75 pounds or 345 grams of really nice fresh and then chopped cabbage that I froze overnight. And I do want to mention that it works absolutely the best if the ingredients you're using are really fresh, high water content and crispy, because the reason that they give that uh, kind of cooked food texture is the water in the cells expands, ruptures the cells and then softens the cell walls and you know, it just creates a little bit of a softer, little bit more pliable um, cooked food taste and texture. So if you have really dry old cabbage, you do it, it, it may not freeze properly and it might still be really crunchy. And sure, that's tasty, but it's not the same uh, texture that we're really looking for to make this authentic. Good to know. So if we'll jump right into this, then we're going to start with uh, the ingredients that we froze. We'll say if someone was going to make this tomorrow, because unfortunately, if you don't have stuff prepped, you're probably not going to achieve the same tastes if you just started right now. So again, we took about uh, 0.75 pounds or 345 grams of cabbage. I chopped it into cubes, whatever style you like, but I like cubes. And I put it in the freezer. And if you think ahead, you can take it out in the morning, let it thaw on your counter. You can put it in the dehydrator and dry it there. But a lot of the times I don't think that far enough ahead and I just put it in a uh, bowl and I thaw it with some warm water and then I drain it off in a colander. So, so we have the cabbage that we started last night. We have some carrots. We have uh, 115 grams or about a quarter of a pound. And same thing, the carrots, when you freeze them and thaw them, they get a little bit softer. They get a little bit brighter. You can see they look cooked. And they actually get a little bit sweeter. And that's the same with a lot of the frozen vegetables. They get a little bit sweeter, a little softer, and a little easier to digest. So we're going to put that in the bowl as well. Very classic in Ethiopian cuisine, cabbage and carrots. Then one of my favorites, we have some red onion. We did the same. It's about 50 grams of red onion. 
some people find onion a little bit strong, you know, a little bit irritating. And if you cut it, I know a lot of people know if you cut it and let it sit out, the mustard oil dissipates. It becomes a little less irritating, a little more mild in flavor. And then if you freeze them, I mean, look at this. It's seriously, it's like, oh, where are we? It's like sauteed onions. They're like translucent and soft and milder in flavor. So I love doing that. And we just put those in the bowl too. That and then last, certain... yeah, I was think, thinking though, because sometimes I buy onion already cut and may, I do that because it is milder. So that would make sense yeah. what you just said. Yeah, it works really well because it, it does just mellow the flavor and reduces the mustard oil content, which is, it is a little bit irritating. You know, sometimes if you eat a lot of onion, you, you get a little bit of mucus and, you know, of course your eyes get uh, irritated because that mustard oil is coming off of the onion, right? So this is just a way to make it even more mellow. And then when I wash it or uh, thaw it in some warm water, that at the same time also kind of removes a little bit of that. It just makes them a little bit mellower. So it's kind of a nice option because you still get a lot of the nutrition and all the other nutrients that are in there. It just makes them a bit mellower. So last but not least is the lentils. Cause of course this is a sprouted lentil uh, wat, you know? And so we have, and I guess technically be a doll, but uh, that, maybe that's an Indian. Anyhow, we just have little baby red, uh, red lentil sprouts. And I mean, I don't know how easy this is gonna be to see, but there's just an itty bitty teeny tail growing off there. I actually just started these yesterday. And that's one of the reasons I really also like the red lentils. You wanna get really good quality red lentils because some of them won't sprout and you don't want split lentils. But if you get good quality sproutable lent red lentils, you can just soak them overnight and let them sit, uh, you know, once you've drained them for like a couple hours and they'll, they'll sprout up nice, just a little bit. You can let them sprout for a few days if you like, but my preference is just a little tail. And then I actually also put these in the freezer for six hours and it just softens them even more, makes them a little sweeter and makes them taste like a cooked lentil rather than a fresh, crunchy sprouted lentil which I love too for different dishes, but for this one, I wanted to taste like a really authentic cooked lentil. So I had this all in here. And the last thing I'll mention about all this is I really like this technique for some of these recipes. Not all the recipes in the stew book have frozen ingredients. Bunches of them are fresh and crunchy as well, but for certain ones, I wanted it, uh, uniform textures like this. And it's a really fun way too to pre-prep because you know, you can look at the recipes and you can prep a whole bunch of individual portions of all these ingredients, throw them in the freezer, and then you know you have almost ready-made meals within 10 minutes, just taking them out, thawing them, and making a sauce. And um, I often, with lentils, do big batches of lentils and then just freeze them in portion size, like a cup or two cups. This was actually, uh, what do we have here? One cup of sprouted red lentils or about 200 grams. So we have all these main ingredients in the bowl. And you can just do a little stir up. And we got a little snooter meowing around. Yeah, you hear that little snooter? It's oh, so snooter cute. Just, how many you want to say hi? How many cats do you have? I have two cats. Oh, it's a little snooter. She's so good. Such a beautiful and face. What, she's called, you're, you're, you're in Sweden. What time is it? Is it like the middle of the night now? It's 1130 now, oh. I guess, or 11 something. Okay, I'll get you. I'll get you to bed before midnight. It's all right with this bundle craziness, AJ. I've, I've been up till like four almost every night. Is this is your third bundle co-producing, isn't it? A uh, fourth actually for the Ultimate Raw Vegan Bundle, oh, wow. which I've been a part of some others, but 
I'm behind the scenes doing the customer service and you know all the pro some of my own promo. Well, smoother. So I'll just grab my blender because I forgot it over there and it's got to go downstairs. There we go. Oh, there we go. I got it. And then we can make the beautiful. Oh, of course, I left my lid over there too. How embarrassing. <laughs> forgot my lid. And we can blend up the rest of the ingredients. So that's all we're doing for the chunky bits. But for the actual stew base, we're going to take one pound of tomatoes. The better the quality of the tomatoes, the better this is going to taste. And then I got a whole bunch of ingredients here. So right here we have uh, about a, what would we say? It was a tablespoon of ginger or uh, just like a nice little thumb. About doo -doo -doo -doo, 40 grams of dates or about two medjool, but these are smaller. So I have like four of these small soft dates. And then two tablespoons, one tablespoon of hemp seeds. One of my favorite seeds in the world. I love hemp seeds. So it's a really low fat dip, but it's pretty darn filling. And it's actually pretty high calorie. This whole dish here is gonna be about 819 calories. Those lentils really boost the calories and uh, work really well. So we have those and no Ethiopian curry. Actually this variety of curry would be complete without some Berber. So we have the Berber, Ooh. just one tablespoon. Have you ever tried Berber before? I don't think so. I, I've seen it and I thought it was pronounced Berberry, but it's Berber. Okay. Well, you know what? I could be totally wrong. Berber I've been known for not being the best. Berber. You probably have it right. Uh, I, I wouldn't bank on that. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not shy to be wrong, I tell you, but I'll let you know if I am. So there we go. We put that in there. We just have one tablespoon of the Berberry or the Berber. And I do have a Berber recipe, which I'll bring right up to the screen at the end. So you can even screenshot it. It's a bonus in the book, but I'll just, you I'll, gave I'll it to me, Chris, Chris, you gave it to me. I put it in the show oh. notes. That was so kind oh. of you. Perfect. Awesome. So then I got a couple different spices up here. I got uh, one teaspoon of garlic powder. I often like to use the garlic powder rather than the, the whole garlic. I just find it a little bit milder and a little bit more like a slight roasted kind of flavor. Speaking of roasted, we have some smoked paprika, which very interestingly, a lot of people think that smoked paprika would be cooked, but they actually smoke it under low heat. So it doesn't actually cook it. And they smoke it traditionally for like 48 hours under a low heat. Did not know that. Really nice. One of my favorites for sure. And then last but definitely not least, one teaspoon of cumin. I love cumin. It's one of my favorites ever. And this is black cumin seed. Uh, which is my favorite. And you know what? That's it. All we got to do is blend this up and our magic is done. So I'm going to put this guy in there. And I even, you know, my new Vitamix here, it's the Ascent uh, A3500. My BioChef vacuum container works on it. So it's really awesome. I can actually vacuum this up. And there we go. Have you tried vacuum blending since I was on your show? No, last but I, I mean, but Lissa's always talking about it and John Kohler too. It's about time. I tell you, AJ, get on, <laughs> get on the vacuum train with us. Come on, give it a go. Uh, uh, we can all toot it together. 
<laughs> so we'll get this blended up. I like to make it uh, pretty. Oh gosh. Oh, there we go. I like to make it pretty darn smooth if I can. But let's see. So apologies. Get the blender dead. All right, so that's pretty good. Oh, yum. Whoa, 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 whoa. I tell you, this is going to be hard not to eat at midnight. Oh, no, you can't. And I could eat before bed. Yeah, have I'm going to save it for breakfast. Yeah. There is one last thing that we're going to add in here just to add in some extra flavor and nutrient density. 50 grams of arugula, one of my favorite greens out there. Holy smokes. So being lazy, I'm just going to throw it directly in here. And and use this spoon to make sure it doesn't just stick to the side. And then we just briefly pulse it into the dish. Ooh, you're going to pulse it in, not serve it over. Nope, exactly. I don't want to turn the sauce like green. And I want it just to be almost like I'm uh, just chew or chopping it really fine, like another herb. But I am lazy. And instead of chopping, I just let the Vitamix do the trick. So we'll let it go. The water to couple couple pulses. There we go, as easy as can be. And just like that, that was pretty darn quick, wasn't it? Yep. Just like that, we had a very authentic tasting Ethiopian lentil wat poured in top. Oh, get in there. No, I'm not going to take the time to get it all in because that might just take forever. And we'll stir this up. The flavors and the smells are just ridiculous, I tell you. Wow. And that's just chock full of deliciousness. And of course, we got a wide range of veggies and the lentils and there we go so that's that's it right there that Here, was really see. easy to make yep super quick and easy and like i said you know like if you make some of the stew recipes and you like them oh yeah like make three portions at once and then just put them in plastic bags in the freezer or put them in your glass tupperwares or whatever you like and then boom you can throw something together really quick it doesn't have to take a lot of time and uh, batch making it that way just makes it so much quicker. That was great. Tell us more about the bundle, your offerings, all the other offerings that you can remember off the top of your head, because they only have about uh, seven and a half more hours to get it, or maybe it's eight and a half. I'm not good at math, but till midnight Pacific time tonight. Yeah, exactly. So it's a pretty ridiculous offer. We have 40 new books that have never been before released. So it's launching directly in the bundle. And actually that's not totally accurate. There's 40 resources with about six uh, mini courses. So it's a bunch of eBooks and then mini courses, diving into recipes, mindfulness. There's a couple of yoga courses in there. One's an Ashtanga yoga course. The other one's a yin yoga course. There's a emotional freedom. There's 
entrepreneurship, teaching you how to create a business in the vegan niche. We got a snooter. Um, Lisa's got her wrap book in there, which is ridiculous. Actually called hand salads. Got a whole bunch of uh, whole bunch of sweets and treats and delicious smoothies and. It's, it's really, really jam-packed with a whole bunch of different resources that is sure to meet everyone in their flavors or in their holistic health journey. Because, you know, it's not just raw food. It's, it's got a lot of different aspects of health in there. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure anyone who checks it out is going to be completely blown away. Yeah, Yin, Raw Chef Yin was on the show uh, earlier in the week, and she has, like, a dessert book. Yeah, Asian sweets and treats, and it's ridiculously good as well. I actually made her durian cookies. I don't know if you like durian, but if you do, then you would love these durian cookies. It was absolutely ridiculous. I just made a pad thai from Emma Raymond the other night, and yeah, there's uh, almost too many to remember, at least when you're sleep deprived. Ah, uh, well, hey, in a few hours, it'll all be over. Yeah, I'm going to be a little sad, I tell you. You know, it's been an amazing, amazing time. I was telling Lisa earlier that, you know, before this started with the couple months of really kind of diving deeper into the keyboard, getting things ready and, and making the recipes, I got a little bit low energy. And then coming together with everyone on these lives and coming together as a community has really boosted me up and revitalized my purpose and passion. And I just feel really connected and, and really feel blessed to be a part of this. Oh, well, thank you for including me. I have a book in the bundle that I co-wrote with Lissa. It's our volume two, Raw Food Made Easy. So you can check that out. Which looks like. ridiculously amazing as well. I was looking at some of the bloomed rice recipes in there and a couple other really delicious ones. Looks awesome. Anything that Lissa touches is going to be amazing. So it's been a, such a privilege to be able to work with her and you on these bundles because you just make stuff so yummy. It definitely reciprocated. Absolutely blessed that you're a part. And I, I feel so lucky and blessed yeah. to be in this together with Lissa and everyone who's contributed and taken part and to see it ripple out. So many people saying they're really loving the bundle. And, you know, it's funny, AJ, because we've had a lot of testimonials and people saying that this bundle completely changed their life and changed their family's lives. And we've also had a lot of contributors who said, you know, I've been raw Buddhist for five years, 10 years, but since coming into the bundle and really seeing, you know, the congruency between a whole bunch of people who've been doing this long term and getting a lot of great information. It's really streamlined my raw food lifestyle and made the whole thing a lot easier and better too. So testimonials from inside the bundle and outside the bundle. And we're just trying to grow this family and create that sweet, juicy wave to cross the peoples. Nice. Hey, there's a question from Stephanie. What does Chris eat in a day? Oh, wow. Well, that's a great question. It depends upon the season, but for the most part, when I'm hungry, I'm eating fruit. And a lot of the times it's a big banana smoothie or lately I've been drinking a lot of melon and orange smoothies. So I, for example, I have these guys down here and a whole bunch of mandarin oranges. And I take usually about two of these and about six of these and blend that up for a nice uh, orange creamsicle for lunch. Dinner often starts with fruit and then goes into something like this or a salad or a curry. I usually eat two meals a day. Both of them usually involve fruit, but one of them at least has a bunch of vegetables in it. Sometimes I eat three meals a day. Sometimes I just eat fruit and a little bit of greens, but uh, you know, my diet is predominantly fruit calorically. And then I eat a pretty darn large volume of vegetables, often one or two or three pounds a day. Good for you for including your veggies. 
I'm, I'm a big veggie guy. I tell you, you know, I, I eat a whole bunch more than most. I think oftentimes, cause like this guy here, this is probably like, uh, well, I guess looking at it, I could kind of get venture a guess, but it's about like two and a half pounds. I tried to make the stews about that size, which for a lot of people is pretty big. And it's something that's pretty good to work up to. If you're looking to thrive on a long-term hundred percent raw diet to include a fair amount, quite a bit, at least one to two pounds of vegetables a day. I often eat almost double this, you know, sometimes I eat a five or six pound stew and I'm really darn hungry, but, um, more often than not, I'm also just having like two liters of smoothie, whatever it is, bananas or melons or whole bunches of mangoes, or I have a probably about 10 kilos of grapes in my fridge right now. So a lot of times I'm just opening up clamshells and eating grapes and uh, I like to enjoy all of it. Wow. Well, thank you so much. And guys, jump on the bundle when it's gone. It's gone. You're going to miss making all those hand salads and all those other fun things. Do you still skateboard a lot? Heck yeah, I do. Indeed. I love it. I'm, I'm pushing myself to put out a new video part in the next couple of years here. And uh, I'm very blessed to be skateboarding for a company called Totally Rad Skateboards. I'm pro for them and a bunch of different clothing and stuff like that. And uh, I'm going for a surgery on this the 8th of next month to remove some hardware from my ankle. And I'm expecting to kind of bounce back from that even stronger because it's been giving me a little bit of ankle problems having this plate on my ankle. Nice. Well, it's great because guys, even if you aren't raw foodists, you can always eat, add more raw to your diet. So check the bundle out. And Chris, thanks so much. It was great seeing you. It's almost midnight. Time for you to get to bed and eat that tomorrow. Thank you so much, Chef Agent. Really appreciate you being a part in all you do and, and bringing us all on your show. Honestly, I'm so inspired by you and how it's active and consistent you are doing what you're doing. I was just watching, I think, was it your like 3,000th episode with no, Dr. Uh, Colin Campbell? 2,500, but I will 25, get okay. 3,000 for but, sure. Yeah, I was just watching that with, Colin, with Dr. Colin Campbell and it was like, yeah, you're just, you're so inspiring. I love what you're doing and I really, really feel blessed that you're a part of this and uh, allowing us to come on your show. I so was much. thinking of doing this for either five years or 5,000 episodes, whichever comes first. <laughs> That's exciting. That's amazing. I, I know how much time it takes to put it, to do this stuff. And, and yeah, the amount of work and the amount of videos you put out is just incredible. Well, thank you, Chris. And thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back tomorrow at 11 a.m. Well, actually, 9 a.m. Pacific time. I forgot. I've got a bonus show. Jill oh. Dalton. She's going to be making magic cookie bars and another Ooh. fabulous recipe. And then 11 a.m. is Food Addiction Friday with Dr. Joan Iflin. I want to show you guys my new manicure. Oh, those are fancy. <laughs> and Since you're know, doing that, I'll, I'll show my banana mustache. That's adorable. I've never seen that. Yeah, it's my... My little teeny bananas. I got them on a whim walking down the street in New York with a, a past girlfriend. We're walking down the street and we're like, let's get a tattoo. We're like, what should we do? Banana mustache. A couple that's, hours later, it was done. That's actually very clever. I've never seen that. So guys, if you're listening on iTunes, you're going to have to check it out on YouTube to see what we both just did. All right, Chris. Good night. Take care and see everyone tomorrow. Bye-bye. Good. Bye-bye. Thank you Bye. so much. Thank you.